Hey Ali, thank you so much for joining. Hey Anna, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and hi as well to all the listeners and I hope I can add some value to your time. Fantastic. Um, so today we'll be talking about Dubai and Dubai has a very unique work environment as it is exposed to various cultures and ideologies and it can really encourage you to think outside of the box in different scenarios. So I'm really so interested to learn more about it from you. And let me just dive into my first question. Uh, so Ali, how would you describe working style in Dubai and local people in general at workplace and in business context? Um, so you kind of really got it spot on when you said Dubai has a really diverse uh, working culture. Um, obviously, though, as a country, you can't really generalize the working culture. What you really have to do looking at the country itself is that there's about 10% of the local population that makes up of the total. Then there's about 30% of the European population and almost 50% of it is made up of South Asians, right? So you can see people over here come from all around the world and they have their own startups, they work for different companies. So each of these companies really has its own traits that are coming from the people that have joined them. Uh, so just to give you an example of that, I was working for an Indian company, it was a consulting company, and they had their own particular particular way and processes of going through things as well as their own particular culture in terms of how you interact between the employees whereas now I'm working for a Russian company and the difference is, is that it's very open no one really minds if you go talk into a different department if you communicate with the CEO they have the open door policies so there's no really hierarchical needs where you need to go through 10 steps to meet the CEO you just go into his office and meet the CEO so, you know, I would say that the work culture or the work style really depends on where the company is from and where the individual is from. It's not really to do with how Dubai works in general. Wow, this is very interesting to know. Um, I would never expect that because I was thinking that du Dubai is more about local and traditional style. But uh, nevertheless, still there is some small percentage of uh, Emirati who work there. And when we talk about them in particular, how would you describe their work styles, attitudes and behaviors? And maybe just uh, their habits in general uh, by, uh, by giving some retrospective into the past or history? Awesome. So um, in terms of working as an employee, you know, uh, Emiratis, I would say, are very privileged. So you would find them mostly working in government jobs. And what you'll see is government jobs have a five hour, six hour workday. They are usually on break for most of the hours. So if you go to the Road Transport Authority, you will see as a customer that there are, 12, there are 12 counters there that should be open to serving the customers. But you'll see that there's only five people working. And most of the others are always at some point on break. So it's really inefficient the way that we that they work as employees. But on the contrary, when they are when they are working as uh, entrepreneurs or leaders, that is where they really shine. So if you look at even the ruler of UAE, these guys have a vision, especially the locals where they have a vision where they want to be on top of the world. When they build a project, whether it's a construction project, whether you look at their architecture, whether you look at uh, the type of cars that they hope that they have over here, the kind of passions that they have, um, the land that they're building, because they're actually building the land. They're not just using the land that's there. They're building on water. So you see that their vision is really futuristic. It's not just that you take a couple of bricks and you build a building. It's that you 
take a couple of bricks, you carve them, you make them fashionable in a way. And that's what brings out their mentality of uh, really bringing the future into the present. And that takes into account even the companies that are here. They really work on a lot of innovation. And people, especially the locals over here, they have a really high research output even in universities when they get to that level. So I would say it's really about capturing the future and bringing it to the now. Wow, you just painted such a beautiful uh, picture. So it really makes me want to go there and uh, experience working there for some time because it's, it sounds so inspirational. You should so... definitely visit. It's good. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will definitely. And uh, if uh, someone is to approach a company in Dubai, uh, let's say for partnerships or collaborations between uh, countries, so what do you think would be the best strategy to do so? Um, so, you know, on a global scale, people have really started adopting the open door policies and these open culture elements of policies, which make their company less dependent on the hierarchy that they have. So it's the same in UAE as well. They've adopted this. But the only difference is it doesn't really only uh, impact the internals of the organization, but also the externals. So, you know, what you can do is just literally walk into an office, for example, my company, Uh, you can walk into it. It's on the 16th floor. You'll have a nice view of Burj Khalifa. But on the on the left-hand side, you'll have the CEO of, CEO's office. So you just walk into his office, say hi, hello, speak to him. And he'll be speaking to you just, just like a normal person. So there's one way of doing that. Obviously, most people don't do that because it's not widely adopted. The other way you can do is actually approach... Uh, the people who work over there and ask them to get you in touch with the partner, with the manager, with the supervisor. And most of the time, they would be happy to do it. As a salesperson over here, you know, I work primarily with B2B. So I have to get in touch with a lot of owners. So even though I'm not really uh, approaching them for collaborations, I know that it's not difficult to get in touch with them. And of course, there are some general do's and don'ts. You don't always want to be selling something, even for a collaboration. Really, you are trying to sell them the idea of the collaboration. And that's not good. People over here love to be heard. You know, they love to be spoken with. They don't like to be sold something. So that's general do's and don'ts here. Mm-hmm. I understand. And so basically, you just mentioned that it's uh, more of a open door policy. So yes, it is. Uh, Mm-hmm. So when we talk about Dubai, we don't we say that it's uh, relatively easier to get in touch with anyone uh, from any company. So you don't really have to have a wide circle of connections. I mean, of course, it's always a plus, but still you can just have an idea and pitch it and then you'll be heard. Yeah. If you have a wide network, you know, that's obviously a huge, huge plus because that makes it a lot, a lot easier. You don't have to go through let's say the second approach that I that I spoke about getting through a connection in a company, then requesting them to put you through. It's not something that works 100% of the time, but it generally works. That being said, you don't know if that person is going to put you through to the exact person that you want to speak with. So it's a bit of a hassle for you. And it's a bit of a sort of snakes and ladders for you where you have to go step by step until you get to the person you want to. If you have a network, that's, of course, that's more helpful and you can utilize that network to get exactly what you want, exactly where you want. So that's something that's definitely more beneficial. But if you don't have the network, it's not impossible. Mm-hmm. Well, that's really good to, to know about that. And uh, since Dubai is such a diverse um, place to be in with a variety of uh, cultures, of course, you have to learn first about the 
company culture who you're dealing with but still at the same time in general are there any specific things that should never be done um in dubai uh towards people that can be considered or even rude or offensive for the culture in general and if you have maybe any examples of when something happened maybe even funny um unique samples uh, really i haven't come across much that is said up front to be not done uh that being said there are obviously in a bon- business context there are some do's and don'ts right uh so i actually do have an attitude from back when i was working in consoldon which was under an indian owner so he generally would take uh, his business partners or the new dealings that he had he would take them to a cafeteria keep in mind i'm not talking about a restaurant here i'm talking about a cafeteria and he would always get them an orange juice and he would order for them he would never ask them you know he would never go like what do you want he would he would just go like we'll have two orange juices or we'll have two banana milkshakes and they would get the order and they would just you know split it between the two the problem over here is people generally like to be very independent so if you give them the choice they love it if you don't they kind of have this negative perspective of you and the independence goes goes everywhere right even towards the finances so they want you to pay right if you're going for a business meeting they want you to pay but they want to be asked so you know you if you are there going for a collaboration or a meeting you would want to ask them hey what do you want to order you would want to ask them hey do you want to split the bill how do you want to do this in the end they want you to pay they want you to order they want you to make, make make them feel like a vip but they want to be asked they want to make it be like they they said this they asked for this not you forced it on them so that's the certain do's and don'ts apart from that you do also have the general business ideology where you obviously meet in formal formal clothing you meet in, in in an official environment but that's not to say that you can't meet outside for a business dealing people a lot of people over here take people to shisha cafes shisha is a traditional thing that people have been doing for a long time so whenever it's an important deal you kind of treat your business partner out to a meal out to you know a smoke out to a good night in dubai and that's something that's very common over here and it's actually widely appreciated uh and generally turns out to make a deal very profitable for both both parties mm this is actually very useful to know because it's you know kind of, it's it's actually kind of to do with relation relationship building more than it is to get a proposal across so once you build that relationship it doesn't matter what really the deal is obviously the intricacies of it do but once you have that relationship then that's pretty much means that you're covered. Mhm. And uh what about if uh, the partners they just simply don't have an opportunity to go over to Dubai? Do you think that there is a big chance that partnership can be built uh, via email or some other digital tools? Um it's not easy. Actually, I wouldn't even say it's not easy. I would say it's very difficult. Um so generally people over here they are very open to meeting in person. right even with covid they're very open to meeting in person but they're not very open to scheduling a meeting online you may be able to get a meeting online with someone who's not the most powerful person in the company so even though you have that meeting it won't really take you places uh to get into a digital meeting with let's say the ceo of a company or the owner of the company himself or the actual decision maker right 
it's usually very difficult. It's a lot easier if you're in the country, if you can visit them in person, if you can take them out in person. Mm-hmm. Actually, that's a very important point to know yeah. when you're building partnerships. Exactly. And actually, while I'm listening to you, I just got another question in my mind. What about the perception of time? Uh, like, you know, in some cultures, you have to be like in Germany or in Europe, like you have to be right on spot, like we said, at 12, uh, at 10 a.m., it's at 10 10 a.m. But whereas in the other cultures, you can take it, things slower a little bit. How is it in Dubai? It's very flexible, to be honest with you. So I think it's widely accepted that uh, people over here are generally not going to be on time. As I said, most of the population is from South Asia and Europe. On the European side of things, people are generally very punctual. They'll be on time. They'll be at the exact place. They'll be waiting for you. On the South Asian side, uh, uh, south asian side of things people are generally not going to be on time so half an hour late is actually considered on time i would say for mm-hmm. example i actually had a meeting day before yesterday and this was with an owner of a restaurant i showed up to his restaurant on time because i'm the one who has who is trying to get him to buy something from me so i showed up on time this guy was one and a half an hour one and a half hour late and he mm-hmm. wasn't sorry about it which is sort of considered normal here in UAE. If you're, you know, an hour late, one and a half hour late, it's okay. I mean, people will get on with their lives and kind of forget about it. And then once you get there, they'll deal with you once you're there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's also very useful to know because I know that the, the timing can be sometimes a deal breaker, actually. <laughs> But it's important to know who you're meeting, you know. Yeah. I mean, like if, if you're meeting with, let's say, as I said, it's very diverse. So if there's a German owner of a company and you're meeting them, and you're five minutes late, it's a big deal to them. So mm-hmm. they don't exactly want to deal with you after that. But if you're meeting with a South Indian owner of a restaurant, you know he's going to be late. So you might as well be half an hour late because you're still mm-hmm. going to be earlier than him. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> Great. And uh, Ali, could you remember any intercultural misunderstanding that ever took place in your work experience in Dubai or maybe someone who you know? And how was it um, resolved? So inter- intercultural misunderstandings, there's not really that much. And the reason I say that is because there's no really, there's there's no communication barrier over here. Like I said, most people come from South Asia, right? So if you look at the locals over here, the Emiratis, most of them have actually picked up the language. Most of them speak Urdu. Most of them speak Hindi, which is the most widely used language in UAE. So they might actually not know how to speak English, but they'll speak to you in Hindi or uh, in, in Urdu. And they'll be pretty fluent at it. They'll have proper conversational skills to go through the whole conversation. So misunderstandings don't really happen that often. Um, there are people that try to misdirect you in some way. I would say even scam you in some way. But uh, generally, if you have the conversation down and you have the understanding of the market, it really doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And probably uh, some misunderstanding might happen to actually Westerners who would go to Dubai, right? Because they're not very familiar with the work style over there. Yep. Um, so in, in a business context, Westerners uh, don't really deal with a lot of uh, South Asians until they get to a proper big company. Like one of the biggest uh, hypermarket chains we have over here, it's an Indian company called Lulu Hypermarkets, right? Um, you'll see a lot of Westerners dealing with large companies like that. Like these guys are billionaires. These guys are high millionaires. 
they're not generally perceived to be scammers or they're not going to rip you off or anything or they're not going to sort of land you in a situation where you're going to have this uh, misguided uh, exemptions in a way. So <clears throat> generally, if you deal with these sort of people, you will not be in a situation like that. That being said, Westerners try to preferably deal with Westerners themselves, even in UAE. There are a lot of companies, there's a lot of entrepreneurs over here who deal within only from their own country. So you see Pakistanis dealing with a lot of Pakistanis. They're kind of communities built in. So while there's still diversity, it's not diversity in dealings. You know, it always doesn't translate to that. Mm-hmm. And for instance, if a foreigner like from a Western world would like to reach out to, um, let's say, not not to the same company from his own country, but mm-hmm. uh, Southeast Eastern country, uh, would you recommend to hire an agency, uh, a mediator, Uh, for instance, like in China, when um, some Western companies, they go to China and expand their business, uh, it is quite recommended to hire someone to be a mediator. Does it apply to Dubai as well? I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. Um, See, primarily in China, there's a big language barrier, uh, Mm -hmm. at least from my experience as a university student. So I would say that's part of the reason why they need a mediator because it's difficult to get your points across. But that's not the case in UAE. That being said, a lot of the companies that have no experience over here and they're just opening up over here and they want to start dealing, and especially if they're into, in the B2B space, they need agencies not in order to uh, mediate the dealings, but in order to get them off their feet. So they mm-hmm. rely on agencies for things like their lead generation, for their building net, uh, for building their network. Uh, these are the things that agencies are mostly used for here. Mm-hmm. Understood. Thank you so much for answering that one. And um, uh, you're coming from Pakistan, and of course, you actually moved when you were so so little, two years old. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I'm pretty sure that uh, uh, you know about your culture, home culture, and uh, maybe you can just compare that for us. And uh, are there any distinct dis- differences between Dubai and your home country in relations to work style and uh, how to do business? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I I've been. I guess you could kind of say I've been born and brought up here. Though I wasn't born here, but I was here when I was very young. So I pretty much lived here all my life. But I have been back and forth to Pakistan a couple of times. And I think there was a brief period where I actually stayed in Pakistan for almost a year. So while I don't have an in-depth understanding of the business business culture in Pakistan, I do have a general understanding of how things look uh, from from my perspective because I have friends who are operating their businesses in Pakistan. So they give me some insights as an external uh, individual, right? So I'm not into the business space. So take this information with a grain of salt, I would say. <laughs> I will, I will. <laughs> um, basically, uh, basically, in Pakistan, what you have is a not-so-open business culture, not-so-diverse business culture. You'll see something that's uh, trendy, right? So, for example, about uh, five or six years back, you know, we saw this huge growth in burger shops in Pakistan. And it was not because... You know, burgers were loved by the people. It's not because people wanted to eat burgers. It was because there was a shop in Lahore. Lahore is basically the food capital of Pakistan. There was a shop in Lahore that created an Instagram account and managed to actually get, you know, millions of uh, followers onto that Instagram account. And because of that, because of the Instagram ability of it, people were going to this burger shop. 
Now, what happened was this sort of sparked an opening of burger shops across Lahore and Karachi. <laughs> so mm-hmm. now if you go there, there's kind of burger shops and these trendy burger shops, they're kind of just like counter spaces. They have nice uh, paint on their walls. You know, their glasses are all painted. Their burgers have different kind of buns, different kind of patties, and they kind of present it in a very fashionable way. Uh, this is all sort of the trendy businesses that go on there. And it's not just uh, to do with the food. Uh, recently, because of the relationship with China, they actually opened up creating, uh, opened up a lot of uh, battery making uh, facilities, I would say, into manufacturing. That led to a trend of having electrical motorcycles. So there was a lot of manufacturing outlets that opened. That led to small electric cars. So there's a lot of manufacturing of those. And it's not really because those electric cars are good, because honestly, I can say that from experience that they're not good. They don't even have a long battery life. They're not well built, but because they're trendy, they still get sold a lot. So businesses in Pakistan rely a lot on trend. That being said, Pakistan is primarily, I would say, a farming country. So they have a lot of their exports and these sort of things that come from that. The primary comparison between Dubai and Pakistan is that while Pakistan is a farming country, Dubai really is a tertiary sector country, right? So these guys don't rely on what they're manufacturing as much. They rely on what value they're providing. And the value that Dubai provides or UAE provides in general is artificially created, which is very important to note because this term is not something that still exists in Pakistan. All the value that's in Pakistan is not artificially created. It comes from the existing material. It comes from the existing products. Whereas in UAE, all the real value is man-made. It doesn't come from any historic background. Wow, this is so interesting. Thank you so much for sharing. We actually managed to have a glimpse into Pakistani and culture as well. That was really, really insightful. Thank you. As I said, though, you know, take that information with a grain of salt. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there are still some facts that we cannot deny that you just mentioned. And... um, uh, how do you think what what's the best way to build uh, long-lasting and trustworthy business relations with uh, companies in Dubai? Maybe you can share some, I don't know, let's say three tips. Yeah, happy to do so. Uh, number one, really, uh, you know, it's kind of in the question. Lasting and trustworthy. You have to be a trustworthy person. You know, mm. the people in Dubai, they really don't like giving second chances, oh. especially the locals. <laughs> so if you really you know mess up with them once don't expect that they'll come back to you and they'll they'll give you a second chance and they'll be like it's okay no problem we'll try it again no they don't do that they're kind of like you had a chance you messed it up deal with it right so that's number one be a trustworthy be a reliable person right if you can't do that chances are you're not really going to have a long lasting relationship with any business partner over here right the second thing is actually physical contact as I said earlier, people over here love physical meetings. So you go out with them, you meet them, you actually bring personal life into professional life. So uh, what I've noticed with European companies, for example, is that, you know, they don't really like to mix their personal life with their professional life. But in this case, if you want to build a relationship with an Emirati businessman, you have to bring your personal life into it. You have to introduce them at some point to your family it kind of makes them feel more connected to you and that makes them trust you more and vice versa as well. When you introduce them to yours, they will also introduce you to their family and to their business partners. You will kind of get 
uh, a step into their network of businesses, which is very important because Emirati businessmen over here are very well connected with each other. And these are not businessmen that have, you know, small startups. These are businessmen, if they have a startup, they have $100 million in funding. And if they have established country, established company, they're doing over a billion dollars in revenue on an annual basis. So these are proper, you know, settled entrepreneurs. So it's very important to have a good network with them. So that's the second tip. Give them a glimpse into your personal life and be very physically attentive towards them. The last tip really I would say is honestly not much. Be normal. <laughs> you know, a lot of people here, they try to be extra. They would like when they meet a business partner, they would, you know, rent a G-Wagon. It costs 4,000, 5,000 dirhams a day. It's not really adding any value and they're not getting impressed by it. Let's be honest over here, right? The Emiratis, they have their cars, they have their money. They're not going to be impressed by your rented G-Wagon. So be normal. It's okay if you have a Camry, go meet them in a Camry. They're not going to judge you based on that. A lot of people make this mistake over here where they sort of try to be very extra. And that's not something that people over here appreciate because it kind of contradicts with the first point, which is being trustworthy. You're not even putting your real personality, your real value across because what you're showing is that you drive a G-Wagon. What you really have is you know, a Camry. So kind of be trustworthy, be normal, build a physically engaging relationship with them and give them a glimpse into your personal life. That will bring value to your relationship. Uh, This is great. Thank you so much. This is really practical tips and thank you for supporting it with uh, examples as well. And uh, Ali, I think that we are coming to an end of our interview and I just wanted to end up with hearing about your motto in life. (laughs) Um. I, I don't really have one, I would say. I'm kind of just a person who's open to experiences. Uh, I like trying new things. I would say if there's uh, one motto, I actually have, you know, three frames on my bedroom wall that I look at every day. And it states, Winnie, Withy, Witchy. I actually don't even know if I'm pronouncing that 100% correct. Winnie, um, Withy, Witchy, yeah. Winnie, Withy, Witchy, yeah. <laughs> so it, it means... Uh, Actually, don't even know what it means right now. I used to look at it every day. So it's it in Latin. It's in Latin. Then I come yeah. and I conquer. It says I came, I saw, and I conquered. Yeah. So, you know, these are these are words that I sort of live by. Though I might not know the language, but it sort of captures uh, what I go by. I want to wow. be on the top of everything. I want to have everything that I dream of, and yeah. Yeah, and be at the same time a very kind and an open person, right? I Respect. Try. I try. <laughs> <laughs> You're very good at it. I can say I for sure. That. I appreciate that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really like your spirit. And Ali, I really cannot thank you enough for joining me uh, in this episode and saying uh, so many things about Dubai uh, and unpacking it for us. It was really, really an insightful talk. And I do thank you for that again. It's been a pleasure, Anna, and uh, I wish you the best of luck and I wish you all the success with your podcast, uh, especially in these early stages. Uh, I just want to say you're doing a great job and uh, I'm proud of you. I know that all of your network is proud of you as well. So keep going, keep at it. And, uh, you know, we all trust that you're going to do great things. Oh, my God, Ali, thank you so much for supporting and believing me. It really means the world to me. And I wish you my the best. 
of all yeah again thank you so much and uh, yes thanks everyone for listening uh, please do let me know if i can uh, help you anyhow in learning more about dubai please feel free to reach out to me um, or ask me any questions and i pass it to ali as well or you can yeah. get in touch with him as well again thank you so much and talk to you later bye bye all right bye bye bye